When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're talking one day cricket and its place, the existential crisis that it faces and how that played out with 16,000 at the MCG and 20,000 at the SCG. So let's bring in the wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock. Hello to you, Crash. G'day, Jared. I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying this show like no other, honestly. The visions are strong, and uh, it just blows my mind that Funky Miller tomorrow will become the world's 60th birthday and the world's trendiest 60-year-old cricketer. There you go. Amazing, isn't it? Well, what are your memories of him? Well, I just think he was the last of the great nocturnal cricketers. And he struggled to get to sleep before midnight. And he was beautifully coached by John Buchanan. I remember once in a, in a, in a bar in Adelaide, it was 10 minutes to midnight. And there was a midnight curfew. And uh, Buchanan came up to Funky and said, Colin, it's 10 to midnight. And then Funky said, it is too, Buck, just about your bedtime, hey? And, and Buck <laughs> just smiled, spun his heel and walked away because he knew that Funky couldn't get to bed. He just couldn't sleep before about 2 a.m. And uh, I loved his journey. He used to stay in a little room in a pub in Hobart and and when he was representing Australia in a test. And this tiny little room, and I remember Alan Border was walking past the pub one day and they, they pointed it out to him and he smiled and he said, isn't Funky a great story? This late <laughs> developing cricketer who proved that, you know, you can come from nowhere. If, if And he got selected on player power, his offspin. The selectors were saying, oh, we can't choose a middle-aged off-spinner who used to be a fast bowler. And all the players said to him, I'm telling you, it'll work. And you know what? It did. Amazing. Yeah, and it worked all around the world. It's a great record across 18 tests, 69 wickets at 26. Oh, yeah, and he was bowling at a pace no one ever bowled off-spin at. It was far, they couldn't get out of their crease to them. And, they, and, and all the senior Sheffield Shield players at the time went to the selectors and said, you've underrated this bloke. This can work, all condition. And, and he was such a good team, man. When he was in India, he was the, um, t- you know, he'd, he'd take a set of clippers and be the team barber. You know, blokes would line up and he'd, he'd shear them. You know, they're pretty rough old haircuts, but he got the job done. But, yeah, there was only – and as I said, uh, when I saw that he turned 60 tomorrow, I thought the Super Bowl is officially the second biggest celebration in Vegas because <laughs> no one enjoyed a party more than Funky. So that that'll be great. But, Jared, I must a quick one because I know I'll forget to ask you. The best David Copperfield trick you saw on stage? Uh, the lotto numbers is – absolutely entrancing and it plays out over a period of time but to just trying to figure out how the illusion is done uh, i can't come up with even a vague theory but so it's the 
He tells a story about his grandfather who always played the lotto numbers of the registration plates of his two cars. And randomly, three members of the audience pick two numbers each. And earlier in the, sh- earlier in the night, he's locked a, a sheet of paper in you know, all the padlocked case and all that sort of thing. All- so they unlock all of that, and his numbers match the random numbers from the audience. <laughs> and, um, and, and random facts about those three people as well. Is that, that, that tickled me, I must say. <laughs> yeah, I can have, tell you having the time of your life. I'm loving it, mate. It's it's, it's fascinating. All right, what's the purpose of these one dayers crash? This is the existential crisis that Fifty Over Cricket faces outside of a World Cup, and it's played out pretty graphically across the first two matches, and then Canberra, which comes next. Yeah, there's a real flatness about it, Jared, isn't there? And, and I'm still red hot on the push to. For, for the Frank Worrell Trophy for me should be like the women's trophy when we're playing the Ashes. It covers all events. It covers the, the, the Test Series, the 50 over and the 20 over. So all these matches count towards the same trophy. That's a way of giving it meaning and purpose and trying to get the best players playing. You know, you want that trophy. I just feel, you know, even the fact that there was no... Uh, merchandise van from Cricket Australia outside Driver Avenue, outside the ground yesterday in Sydney. That says to me that uh, no, no, it's a form of defeatism to, to, to the code at the moment and, and to that brand of the game. Like, on one hand, CA are asking uh, Cricket New South Wales and the government to bid for the test match and put money in. But on the other hand, I just sense there's not a lot of promotion there at the moment for, for this form of the game. So, yeah, it's, it's in a pretty vacuous space. I mean, we can't – we talked up the Test Series and we gave it the most luxurious praise, which it deserves. But that, yesterday was an average game on an average deck. And, uh, you know, it just felt nothing more than that. So I'm a, I'm a Melbourneian. Uh, there were two Victorians who could have made their international debut at the MCG on Friday, which seemed to make a lot of sense to me, notwithstanding that selectors don't feel it's their remit to appease the public or we'd have changing teams all the time. Um, and then they made their debut at the SCG. Surely I'm not the only one who sees the missed marketing opportunity there. Yeah, it, it, it's a fair point. I'll only meet you. I'll meet you in the middle, Jared. But yep. mitigating circumstances. I mean, Travis Head played in the first game, which is why Fraser McGurk didn't. I mean, he was the player of the World Cup. They had a look at him and realised he needed a rest, and off he went. So McGurk, Fraser McGurk, came in. I get that, and sure. Uh, you know, Xavier Bartlett uh, played, had a wonderful debut in Melbourne. That could have been Will Sutherland. What I will say is, I think in the current state of 50 over cricket, they've got to be more mindful of these things in 50-50 calls. When it's a flip of the coin, think, oh, that could work, and let's get it out early. Come and see these two guys. Put them up to the media the day before. Let's promote this game. As I said, I just don't like the defeatism towards 50 over cricket at the moment in terms of, ah, yeah, it's just sort of there. If you've got a promotional thread use it and there are mitigating circumstances why this didn't happen and if 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 you had a selector on the line he would say hey we don't this is australia we don't pick teams to to please the public but yep. in the current environment in a 50 50 call i can see why your point is justified when you were going to play him anyway any so okay so five balls ten runs 
I reckon just a if if you're one who struggled with Maxwell Ball over the last generation, I'm not sure what you're in for with Fraser McGurk. But a wild yeah. swing play and miss, a spar outside the off stump to a ball that you would typically leave, jump down the pitch, slap a boundary, lift the most majestic ball up into the top deck of the SCG and then make the same mistake three balls later and nick off outside the off stump. You, you're gonna need you're gonna need a lot of faith. I reckon, for the McGurk journey. And it might have a big payoff if you've got the patience for it. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> trying to float a random theory past you. Um, yep. He's been playing a course in Dubai with David Warner, who likes him. And that's a big thing, because Warner is a hard marker. But I was thinking, he went, that'll be me. Because <laughs> it was that sort of purpose, wasn't it? That rampaging, rampant intent. And I don't mind it. The good thing about McGurk, I mean, let's let's have a let's analyze him, all right? The good thing about Fraser McGurk is like Maxwell and like Warner, he's just got a zest for the big stage. He wants to be there. He wants to be the showman with 23 in his back and just just have a feeling that that you know that that he rises with the game and takes it with us. The other side is, it's very rare to succeed in cricket unless you've got a second and third gear, which is what he hasn't got at the moment. Um, he's good and he can hit a ball from you know Melbourne to Adelaide, but yeah, how long you can hit the ball doesn't guarantee success in cricket. In first-class cricket, Jake's only averaging twenty-two, and I think he's he's hit five hundred and fifteen runs including 64s and 10.6s. So that's 300 <laughs> worth of boundaries. So he can find the fence. But yeah. the underestimated thing about David Warner as a player, and that's the prototype for Fraser McGurk, is he did have second and third gear, and he knew when to use it, you know. He wasn't all uh, champagne pops and, and powder kegs. You know, he had that. But uh, so it's that second gear. I, I, if I was Fraser McGurk... I'd be looking at a guy like Jack, uh, Zach Crawley, who's batting tonight for England. I love this guy as a batsman. He, he punishes the bad ball like better than just about anyone else in the game, and he's improving his, def- his defence as well. So he's an interesting study. I so hope Fraser McGurk succeeds because I think cricket needs him to just entrance the next generation. Jared, your thoughts? Yeah, so I think he's not ready for international cricket yet in his skill set and his understanding of the nuance, but this was a down payment on the future. It was a way of trying to fast track it. And it will be his capacity to learn that is ultimately going to dictate how soon and how far he's able to go through the various formats. It struck me as a bit of a... And this is where I felt the contradiction was. He felt like a bit of a reality TV selection for this. Is right through the BBL, he was the emerging star of it. Is the television broadcasts of Renegades games were built around his presence and his capabilities, and it sort of it it, it almost forced the hand. Is ride that momentum and put him in while he's in this sort of form. But at international cricket, I thought that snapshot of yesterday is he was clearly nervous at the start and, and juiced up, but, but he made the same error twice. So you have to learn from that at that top level and you've got to learn really quickly. That, that, that's my sort of working thesis on him. I don't know what he'll become, but the raw materials are 
they're so exciting that they can't be ignored. Now they have to be nurtured and cultivated, I think, to see what your product actually is. Yeah, it's 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 a good point, and and players sometimes can be a victim of promotion. I remember when Stephen Wall was coming through as a young guy, everyone said, "Oh, here he is, the damn buster!" You know, the guy who's going to shake the room and all this. And he tried to play that way, and then Stephen was dropped, of course, and went back, and it was the best thing that ever happened to him because he said, "Actually, I'm going to play the way I want to play." And then he just surged to greatness. The difference between him and Fraser McGurk is Fraser McGurk seems to want to be the, that, the showman, you know, the big hitter, you know, the power player. And, and Jared, young guys know now, you can be one or two innings away from the L contract. I mean, it can change, you can change your life in about three dynamic innings these days. Whereas you look at the road to Australian selection and, and, and you, you know, it it's, can be infinitely more challenging. So this is the cricketer of the future. A mate of mine who coaches a state team said that he sees it in all their goals now. He said, 20 years ago, my goal would be, and you see it written down at the start of the season, to take five for in a Sheffield Shield. Now it's sort of to get an IPL deal or, a, you know, to be a T20 deal somewhere. So the world's changing, and, and, and but you still, before you can have your fancy pavlova, most yeah. often you've got to have some roast beef and veggies in your game <laughs> somewhere. It, it just, that's the game. It has been the game for 100 years. Yeah, this and this is the millennials' version of it. So I'm so interested to see how that pans out. I thought uh, Will Sutherland to me, he looks a ready-made international cricketer. He's got the right temperament and the skills for it. I, I can see, uh, I, I can see his career blossoming. Yeah, he's a nice, robust player, isn't he? And, and you know, and. He took the big decision to, to join cricket when he could have been a you know potential AFL star. And, Jared, I tell you, <laughs> cricket was so worried about that because being yeah. James Sutherland's son, they uh, they probably over-fretted it. You know, they were saying, oh, gosh, what if he goes to AFL? How does that look for us? But, uh, you know, people would have copped it. But he, he's a nice, strong personality, young Victorian captain. Um, I think he'll be a really good white ball player for Australia. But... It's so hard for a bowling all-rounder to crack a test team. And yeah. this is the challenge behind Sean Abbott, who was terrific last night, and Will Sutherland, and why Aaron Hardy has a slight advantage over them. He's a batting all-rounder. Because how many bowling all-rounders get in there for Australia? Like James Faulkner, for a couple of seasons, was probably one of the best white ball cricketers in the world. And he played one test because he was always up against a high quality. He had to get in either 8, 9, 10 or 11. And he, and he, and he couldn't do it. And, and that's the challenge behind Will Sutherland. He's, a, he's prop, more of a bowler than a batsman at this stage. And as Michael Nesser and plenty of guys found out before him, if you're more of a bowler than a batsman, in test cricket at least, it's very hard to crack. Different if you're playing for New Zealand. You know, Michael Neeson would have played 50 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. But for Australia, you've got to get in ahead of Stark, Hazelwood or Cummins. We have a lot of ground to cover this morning. You mentioned New Zealand, the test match unfolding there. England and India in a pitted battle in test number two that India hold the advantage of. But if you've got the imagination for basball, then tonight might be a night for it. Plus the place of the ODIs in the modern 
Australian summer. A lot of your thoughts. You can join in with Crash 1300 736 736. And the 40 Wings Temper text is 0433 98 11 16. Temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, just get, I'll, I'll share the weather forecast with you in, in Melbourne uh, shortly, bringing up to speed there. It's a, bit, it's a bit rainy here in Las Vegas today after a couple of days of beautiful sunshine. More of Crash next. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a nice finish. Um, it, was a, it was a challenging start to the game. The West Indies bowled quite well early on. It was, it was a pretty tri- tricky surface, but um, you know, our, our late middle order did a terrific job. I thought Sabah played beautifully. Um, Southo played nicely and, and Shorty as well. So it was, it was good to get a few partnerships there, and I thought 250 was probably around par. And then, yeah, we came out and, and did the job really nicely with the ball. Steve Smith, who captained Australia. So the, the two games are one with another to come in Canberra tomorrow. Uh, Crash, you just had a reference to the substandard Sydney pitch? Yeah, I'm just watching it again, Jared, and, and you know, I, I always uh, love a turning deck or a dusty deck, but there's, there's a line between that sort of deck and a pretty ordinary deck, and I just think Sydney year after year, it was good for this season's test. I gave him a tick for that. It's the best SCG wicket for a while, but it's a uh, it's a nothing burger pitch. Like, it was slow yes. and hard work yesterday. And, and for, for the grandiose ground that it is, you know, historically just a such a, a touch point for Australian cricket, to have a deck which is just bare average every year. And like, I'd love to see it turn outrageously to get us ready yep, for yep. subcontinental cricket. That, that, would, that would perform something, you know, with, with a difference. Shave it off. But... At the moment, just this slowish, slowish thing. Oh, gosh, you know, it's uh, it gets there despite itself. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice description. Um, do, what did we learn about Australian players? So, Sean Abbott is so ready to be a starter in that Australian eleven, and he's obviously um, the one behind the, the three iconic quicks who bowl at the moment. Uh, and Xavier Bartlett, that was a great little start after some really impressive T20 cricket. Yeah, he's been playing no shield cricket at all because he had a back problem last year and they rest him. And and I must admit, they've managed him really well. Old-fashioned swing bowler who, uh, just the low 130s, but a really confident and quietly relaxed sort of lad. And uh, he just had England written all over him. I mean, we've said it so many times, it was a major disappointment that a guy like Damien Fleming, our finest swing bowler of his generation, never played a test in in England. But I think, you know, down the track, Bartlett will there somewhere. He's in his mid-20s. He's former Australian under-19. And uh, during the day before he made his debut, uh, and it was a terrific debut, four wickets and what was it, 17 runs, the, the buzz up here was very much, uh, Bartlett will be right. He's just a, just a, a really uh, measured, sort of calm player who just, just knows your touch points of his game. And didn't he look the pro? You know, he was a terrific debut, really was. And Abbott's just, just so ready for a regular spot in international cricket. Yeah, he's once again, it's that interesting spot that he's campaigning for that sort of bowling all-rounder which is never easy to crack but he's certainly got a lot of what he's really improved his first class numbers are sort of okay but don't represent the standard that he is like he's averaging in the low 30s per wicket 
and in the early 20s as a batsman. Now, that doesn't scream out test cricketer to me, but he's better than that. And over the last couple of years, he's improved that. He's just he's just got that Michael Nisa sort of sheen about him at domestic cricket, hasn't he, where just he's got the game in hand. And, <clears throat> and I thought he was terrific with bat and ball yesterday. Hopefully he'll get many chances because he's had a, you know, it's it's there's been a whole generation there, Jared, haven't they, that have been kept... Uh, just one step from glory by by yeah, yeah. a high achieving Australian team who've been pretty immovable for the last decade. Uh, coming through, I'm obviously in the minority, but I still like watching the one dayers on TV better than the Big Bash. I don't go to any of them; I just watch them on telly and have a preference for the fifty over game. Uh, Jared, what are your thoughts on McGurk opening over Matt Short? I think McGurk is going to be a star, but Short has dominated at the top for three years, and they chose Fraser McGurk, uh, who has had a handful of good innings at the top. Doesn't make much sense to me. That that one I reckon I can answer is Matt Short is going to be in the 50-over team for the foreseeable future, but he's going to be a middle-order player rather than an opener. So rather than toss him up to a position that he may very well have flourished at yesterday, but that's not going to be his place in the lineup. I think they're going to model him as a, a middle-order player. So they gave McGurk a look at the top for the, the sheer thrill of it, knowing that he's not about to become the 50-over opener. So I feel like that was more moulding short for what's to come, Crash. That, that's, that's what I think there. Yeah, I, I like short too. He, he, he's, uh, they do have big plans. And he's sort of in a generation all by himself a little bit. He's, uh, I think, 28 years old. He, you know, he pl- made his first grade, uh, first class debut about a decade ago, and Australia is very, very thin in batting depth in that generation. I mean, have a look at Cam Green in the Test team. He's got no player five years either side of him. That yeah, yeah. Twenty-four, twenty-nine, now nineteen. So that's why Australia has Project Matt Short. You know, his first-class numbers aren't great. His white ball uh, numbers are excellent. And they are They will, you're right, in the middle order, they'll try and make something of him. He's just in a, in, a, in a little sweet spot where there's basically him and very few rivals. The wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock. Let's check in the newsroom and join Nathan. Nathan, thank you. Crash, there's a spate of messages coming through. What One is, why on earth is Cam Green playing in a pointless one-day series when he could be playing shield cricket prior to going to New Zealand? That's Johnny Max. They've made the decision, haven't they, to hold him back from the white ball games in New Zealand to give him a bit of shield cricket? Yes, they have. And, and he's just... He's searching for it at the moment, Cam. And and the vibe I'm getting, Jared, is that he's feeling... Do you know when a guy's reputation exceeds his results? Like, I come on your show most weeks and give him a big rap, and he hasn't yeah. quite get there yet, has he? So they're, they're, they're trying to just get his confidence up in the international game, all the while letting him, you know, uh, build a base at, at Shield Cricket. But these are important tests in New Zealand for Cam Green. They really are. Um, you know, it, it's, it's as you said, and, and it was a good point you made last week, Cam Green, as much as we love him, can't just be a 30s and 40s batsman if you're batting number four for Australia. That is prime real estate. You know, that's a position, you know, occupied by the likes of Greg Chappell over the years. You know, you, 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 you're you not just the supplementary all-rounder. You, you are expected to perform an average 40-plus, you know. So 
big expectations. But, Jared, I, I must say, I, I love the way your show pokes into all little different corners around Australia. I got a lovely email during the week from one of the chefs at the MCG, Jimmy <laughs> Wong, who the boys were listening to it and, and how much they, when you started on about Fraser McGurk, it started a discussion amongst them about how many cricketers have hyphens in their names and they all <laughs> they attacked the computers and came up with Chuck Fleetwood Smith a hundred years ago and I thought, <laughs> you just never, I mean this is, I loved it in the, in the MCG, so Jimmy Wong if you're there boys, uh, the only thing I could tell you about Chuck Fleetwood Smith was he was a very debonair left arm wrist spinner High society, really handsome guy, but sadly died in poverty, living in a, beside a street in Richmond where he could actually see the MCG in his last days. Very sad story, wow. but uh, yeah. I just thought, Jared, you never know who's listening. No, that's great, Crash. That's great. All right, I want to talk about... India and England and New Zealand and South Africa, the, the two test matches which you can hear on the SEN app as they unfold. Melbourne's weather, mostly cloudy at top of 21. This summer, be prepared for extreme weather and sign up for the SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify. This is Waitley for Hyundai. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on now. Two test matches happening at the moment. Uh, the most intriguing of which is in India. So England's 1-0 leaders in the series, a win that was spoken about as perhaps England's greatest ever. India hit back hard, 396, bowled England out for 253, put up 255 in the third innings, and the target for victory is an improbable 399. But that's not to dismiss what this England force is under Basball. One for 67. Crash, do you have the imagination for it? Oh, I'd love to see it happen. I mean, honestly, Jared, credit where it's due. Now, now I know everyone wants us to bag Basball. I'm not going to do it. I, they've taken this unproven spin combination, guys like Rian Ahmed and Tom Hartley, who are labouring away with Jack Leach out of the team, and they're a puncher's chance of going 2-0 up. It's extraordinary, and... Uh, as I've said to you, my favourite batsman to watch in the world at the moment, Zach Crawley. Like he's he gets out there and he rumbles away for England at the top of the order with uh, you know with Ben Duckett, who's half his size, and just watching him have a midfield mid pitch conversation. Gee, it's funny. It really is. These two, <laughs> the odd and the even. You know, Laurel and Hardy. They're, they're they're incredible. But but this has been a good test. They'll probably lose tonight, England. But credit where it's due. Jimmy Anderson is a freak, Jared. Are you telling me that at age 41, he's taken five for 70 for the game with the most pristine swing bowling you've ever seen? Just barely bowled a bad ball. I mean, well, the, the game will never see anything like him again. A player who made his test taboo when two of his teammates weren't even born 22 years ago. I mean, I, I just, we could go on and on, but he yes, has been yeah. absolutely outstanding. Really, that's just freakish stuff. I don't expect them to win, but you just... The thing is with baseball, it rattles teams. All it would take yes. would be Crawley, you know, to make 150. They're only 330 away. You... you every, every instinct says no, but if one of India's bowlers, like Jasper Brummer, who was mind-blowing in the first innings, had a bad day, you never know. I just want to relive the Boomerah Yorker, which is as good a Yorker as I've ever seen in Test cricket. What a ball! What a baller! Do you ever know what's coming next with Jasprit Boomerah? And he's knocked over someone. 
who's played 55 balls with as gorgeous a Yorker as any you will see. Ollie Pope was the victim. It's enhanced crash by the fact that the stumps fly in India. So two stumps uprooted by as good a Yorker as there's ever been. Oh, uh, yeah. And Phil Brown, the photographer, took a great snap that one of his best ever. He's been on the circuit for 20 years. But, Jared, the interesting thing behind that Yorker, every cricketer has a skill that comes is particular to their own backyard and their circumstances. In the, the war boys, Steve and Mark, when they were growing up, their backyard shaped towards their legs. It sloped down. So balls were always cutting into their pads. So they're, they're the best two leg side players of their generation. They, they just learnt that. Matthew Hayden, when he was growing up and playing indoors, there was a glass window at point, which his mother said, if you break that, I will break you. So he <laughs> never played the cut shot. Did you notice that? Hados, yeah. in all those years, he just, he, he never played as a kid. He couldn't break the window. He never played, so it's a one shot he never played. Now, Jasper Boomra, when he was growing up, he bowled inside a room where the, he aimed where the wall connected with the floor. And if he bowled the ball perfectly for his Yorker, it would spit back at him at, at, at about head height. So he just bowled for hours and hours, perfecting this Yorker with his quirky action and, and in a backyard too where he had a limited run-up that's why he's got a short run-up and, and that ball it, it became his million dollar delivery it was it, it swung in about 16 centimeters it was extraordinary <laughs> it was. he is quite something jared this lad so it, much mean, of what's happened yeah uh, 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 overseas i was just going to say He's played 34 tests, I think, and 28 of them have been overseas, where he's averaging 21 per wicket. So he's great overseas. And everyone said, oh, I wonder how he'll go at home. Well, got a bit of news for you. After six tests at home, he's averaging 12 per wicket. So we, we are seeing the most underrated bowler of his generation, for sure. So, so much of what's happening here has implications for Australian summers to come with India next and England after that. So, Jace Wells double century, he looks like he's absolutely nailed down opening, which has moved Shubman Gill to three, and he made a, a third innings century, and Boomer's bowling like that. So, I know your mind was drawn just to the open pondering, oh, if, in, if India are going to get beaten at home, what does that mean? Is it's, This is so entrancing for what it might mean on these shores. Yeah, it was fascinating. I, I did a piece on the, the amazing statistic that Joe Root had scored more runs than the entire Indian team with Virat Kohli out of the team and also Jadeja out. So this team is changing. And I still believe... I'm expecting India to probably lose tonight. Uh, sorry, England. But that doesn't change my thinking that a door is opening here for Australia this Indian team is just about ready to change. They've still got Boomer, who's superb. Good. Don't worry, they're not an easy get. But I think Australia, they're like Australia. When India plays Australia next summer, the battle will be who can keep father time at bay because they're both ageing teams. Um, I know Shubram Gill scored a century in this test. I'm still unconvinced about him. His, his batting average should have floats was 29 before this test. He'd had a lot of chances. Yeah, sure, he fired up in the second innings against a modest spin attack, but the jury's still out in him for mine. So I reckon they're gettable next summer in Australia. Australia would have to think that. 
I was at a cricket match where Tomo bowled a bloke and the stump hurtled past Rod Marsh like a javelin. The most underestimated sight in cricket are stumps flying, and I love how they do that in India. Mozza from Cobden's got the right idea. I must say I really enjoy it when there's multiple test matches on at the same time. Could we have test windows during the year where T20 tournaments can't be held? So this is a glimpse into the future. We had that the magnificent Gabba test in concert with the first test in India. Now we've got a new New Zealand tests marrying up almost, not quite to the day, but marrying up at the same time. I do feel really strongly this is the future crash. There'll be windows for test cricket and we'll have three or four going around the world and they'll all be lined up and it'll be great for the long format of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And they do that in rugby union, Jared, and uh, it, it works out quite well. Like everyone gets together for their tests and everyone plays their domestic competition. So it's, uh, it, it's a good suggestion. It's hard to do because the T20 world is so fragmented and every different nation seems to have a different idea of what works for them. And of course, the IPL is gone. <laughs> no one touches tampers with it but it will happen down the track I, I think i think you're on the money there and just while you're there jared how's the buzz around the rugby league opening in vegas have you uh, yes. i dare say you've been swamped by it since you've landed but because uh, so we're talking about the yeah. super bowl and <laughs> i've kept an eye out for signs of home right crash so there's the outback steakhouse which i'm told is not terribly authentic it does give an idea that americans have no idea what uh, australian cuisine is there was Australia's Thunder from Down Under, which is tagged Girls' Night Outback at the Excalibur. So I'll let your imagination figure out what style of show that is. But, but nothing yet on the NRL that uh, I've come across. Well, I think it must be having a late blitz. Well, and, and which they will. I wouldn't be t- wanting to yeah. take on Super Bowl either just quietly. But uh, I'm, I'll be interested to see what lobs over the next few days. Uh, maybe a closing word. I will say, so New Zealand is uh, three for 321. I can't believe South Africa sent New Zealand in with the C squad that they've got there. That just felt bad. Uh, Kane Williamson made a century and Ravindra is 164 not out. But can, Crash, can I just get a closing word on the, the AB medal um, with Mitch Marsh and just how... His place, both in the national affection and his cricketing legacy, has changed so dramatically over a couple of years. Yeah, and, and you stuck in there with him, Jared, didn't you? You always liked him as a guy. There was always two Mitch Marshes, wasn't there? The, the Mitch Marsh that, that, that everyone said was a you know, really nice guy and so easy to talk to and... Uh, you know, I know plenty of... He was the one guy out of the current team that never fell out with the old players over Justin Langer because you could see both sides. But I reckon he sacrificed $3 million to play for Australia. You know, he wanted to be a test player. He knocked back IPL deals at times because he said, there's, there's something within me that I've just got to give maximum chance to. So it's a, it's a, it's a lovely story and what the game's all about. Uh, the AB medal was a terrific ceremony the other night. My only surprise was that there was nothing for Kawaja, Test Player of the Year. I felt that was, you know, I was staggered he, he didn't win that. Well done to Nathan Lyon for doing it, but I just think Kawaja was sort of, uh, I mean, for an opening batsman to score over 1,000 runs at age 36, 37 was, was quite staggering. But uh, you're right about New Zealand, Jared. Um, I couldn't believe they were sending to bat either. They've got a weak team, South Africa. And it, but every time I hear the name Ration Ravindra, 
I tremember because I was on your show last year yes. and I got stuck with his name and I couldn't <laughs> say it. And at the time, my journo mates were in India and they, they thought it was so funny, they taped it, me going, ruh, 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 ruh. And, and every time they were down, apparently, they would replay it. It's just a way of picking themselves up. So I thought, mate, I'm good for something after all, even if you don't, it's only the bloopers tape. <laughs> I did nothing to help you on that occasion, and I've regretted it ever since. I crash no. it. It's great to chat. Good on you. Good on you, Jude. Enjoy it and uh, say good day to Elvis for a miss, mate. And uh, <laughs> uh, that David Copperfield, I can't believe that story. Well done and enjoy the week. Thank you. <laughs> Terrific. The wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock.